This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they are crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. The Guest House by Jalaluddin Rumi. Welcome to Millennial Mystics, a podcast about modern mysticism and the people making it theirs. Together, we explore all angles of mystical subjects for both beginning and advanced practitioners and bring marginalized voices front and center. Prepare to laugh, learn, and decondition. So grab a pen and your grimoire and let's get going. Welcome back, friends. It is our new moon episode. A little bit late, but we're here to give you the lowdown on the month ahead. And we've got some really juicy stuff coming up because it's going to be a bit of an astrological deep dive into an astrology topic, which you know, that's our favorite thing to do. Late, but worth the wait. So yeah, we've, I mean, like both the planets and us have like, it's just been a lot, right? And I mean, especially this new moon, we'll get into the details of it, but I'm sure that once you guys hear what's been going on that it'll resonate for you too. Like there's just, there's been a lot lately. And like last month we talked about the eclipses that were coming up and I don't know about you, but those like knocked me on my ass. Right. And then that's, that's exactly what eclipses are supposed to do. They're supposed to give you a completely new perspective and to take you somewhere that you need to go and you can't go back. So like, it's going to feel like, big hanged man energy or big tower energy. Like it's just, it's a lot. Um, and it can be catastrophic, but it's, it's opening doors more than anything. It just felt like such an internal slog. So it's right. Yeah. But, but anyway, give us a little glimpse into what we can expect in this upcoming month. So yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that I didn't mention in the last New Moon episode, but um, is important in this one, um, back on July 11th, Chiron went into retrograde. 
And, um, that it's, we're going to be feeling that for a long time. That retrograde is going to be going until December 15th, but it's an important retrograde to talk about in, um, sort of relation to this cancer new moon energy. Um, cause the, the main thing for that, so we've got Chiron and retrograde, we have, new moon in cancer and the moon and the sun are in direct opposition with Saturn. And I'll get into the detail on why that's a big deal. Um, and I'm Just sure to clarify. So yeah. Chiron is that that's the same as Chiron. Cause that's how I've, I've always said it. So is it uh, it's Chiron? Yeah. It's Chiron Chiron, but, uh, yeah, Chiron. Okay. All right. I just wanted to clarify. What is it exactly? Is it a, it's a comet? Is that it? Or uh, no, it's an asteroid. So oh, okay. it is an asteroid that um, travels between Saturn and Uranus and it's, it's energy is kind of like a bridge between those. Cause Saturn is so like structured and rule heavy and like borderline oppressive. I mean, like that's, that's part of the energy that's been floating around us this year, building up from last year. It's it, that Saturn energy and Uranus is the rebel. And so like collective focused, it's Uranus is all about like making the world, um, bigger and better for people. And mm. so Chiron is that bridge between those, those seemingly opposite energies. Um, but like building a new world takes building. So you need structure and, you know, it's like, so it, it's a good go between. Um, it's actually, it's funny. Um, it's referred to as the rainbow bridge. I think that was coined by Barbara Clow. I think that's, that's her name. Um, so when you hear the rainbow bridge, it, it came from Chiron oh. and yeah. Um, so it's, it's about bridging between consciousness and structure of Saturn and unconsciousness and, um, sort of, uh, I don't know. I don't have another word for lack of structure, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's that conscious to unconscious. Free flow. Yeah. Free flow. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely go with the flow sort of energy. And, um, yeah. So Chiron bridges that rainbow bridge, mm. conscious to unconscious life to death. Um, structure that is to such an easy way to remember it. Wow. Because I feel like I've never really I never really knew what it was about. Like the planets are easy to like kind of figure out, you know, because yeah, they're well, named after gods and goddesses, whatever. So you're like, well, oh, so is Chiron. There's the, the myth of Chiron oh. is definitely, yeah, it's a thing. So Chiron is um, the child of Kronos, which is Saturn and um, a nymph whose name I can't remember right now. And, um, Chronos. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm getting my mythology all screwed up. Chronos. No, Chronos is um, the father of Saturn. That's what I was going to say. Yes, because Kronos is a titan. Sorry, I'm not a, I'm not a myth person. I'm an astrology person, but I try. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. um, So, Kronos the titan transformed into a horse. As one does. Sure, of course, because mythology. And right. made it with this nymph. 
And so the child she gave birth to was the first centaur. Uh Yes. But like everything about Chiron is like a story of tragedy. Um, So get ready, guys. This is, it's just like, it's sad. Um, But she rejected him. She thought he was a monster and um, abandoned him. And um, he was, I believe, taken in by Heracles. I think that's how the myth goes. That's not Hercules. That's not Hercules, Heracles. Yeah, not Hercules. I am saying it correctly. (laughs) Um, So, and Chiron became a really powerful healer um, because he was the child of a Titan. He had immortality, like all of these things. And at one point um, he was shot accidentally by a poison arrow from Heracles because myths like, because and so the, I mean, to be fair, we had a vice president who accidentally shot his friend. Accidentally, accidentally, air quotes. (laughs) All I'm saying is that's not that far out there. I suppose. Um, So, yeah, so he was shot with this poison arrow. It was poisoned with Hydra poison. Mm. And um, he was in agonizing pain. Absolutely Mm. agonizing pain because he couldn't heal it. And it's like, so this grand healer couldn't heal himself and basically traded his immortality so that he didn't have to suffer. And he, wow. Yeah. And so he went to Hades and asked him to trade with Prometheus, which is a whole other mythology we're not going to get into in this prometheus is not relevant to to this particular astrological that was the guy who invented fire no he stole stole fire and gave it to humans correct so then he was chained to the side of a mountain um, right to be punished yeah and so um hades granted this wish to take away Chiron's immortality and free, um, and so Heracles went to free Prometheus. Mm. And so, like, everything about Chiron is absolutely just noble and beautiful and tragic. It's just, you know, so it's in retrograde. (laughs) And um, so what that means for us is uh, what we're going to want to look at for this particular retrograde is um, what house it's moving through for you um, is going to show up uh, like where a lot of that healing energy is going to be needed for for you. Basically the remainder it. of the year. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's, it's in retrograde until December 15th. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to have a lot of time to think about these wounds. And I mean, we've had a lot of them pulled up really, really harshly lately. And I mean, like both societal wounds and personal wounds, this is, it's all happening all at the same time. This is life guys. So, um, you're going to want to look at what house it's moving through. It's going to be in Aries. So take a look at, um, those degrees on your chart for Aries what house it's it, what house it is, and um, what planets, if any, you have there. Um, I have my North Node there, so. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm learning. This is this. 
spoiler so alert, this year is a big like, year for me and it's yeah. just, I've got a lot to learn this year. It's going to, but it's, it's all pushing me through to like a major, major Your destiny. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's all destiny related. So I also have, um, the current transit of the North node is going to pass my natal Chiron. So I'm getting like Chiron North node tandem action from all sides. It's great. Um, it's just great. So where, so basically hold up. So basically, um, so if people are following along, they can jump on astro.com and check and, and see like the wheel and Mm -hmm. the pie slices, as you've explained it to me, those are the houses on there. So you can find the little like Chiron, wait, Chiron, 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 Chiron or Chiron. It's not Chiron. Right. Got it. Got oh, it. Got so it. yeah, it's oh. Cairo. Like you can say it with a long O or a short O. Um, I just have learned to say it with a long O, but it's an O. Okay. So Cairo. So you go find the little symbol for Cairo. Um, and then it looks like a key. Yeah. So then you find it in that, in which pie slice it's in. And that tells you like basically where it's going to be affecting your life. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Well, so that's, it's partially, that's where it, you were born with it. So that's where it's always mm. affecting your life. What you'll also want to look for is the transit of it. So if you go onto astro.com, so when you go onto your chart on astro.com, you'll see chart drawing, ascendant, pull it up. And then at the top, you'll see a little blue bar with the plus sign with transits. Ah. If you click with transits, that will show you where all of the planets are right at this exact moment in comparison to your natal chart. Oh, easy peasy. I'm sorry that I didn't tell you that in the foundational episode because I didn't know it yet. (laughs) I was just clicking around bored one weekend stoned and was like, Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) You were like, my life just got so much easier. Oh, I need to get high more. So, (laughs) um, so, um, yeah, you'll take a look at that. You'll be able to see where Chiron is. So for me, it's, it's already past my North node. Um, but, uh, it'll be once the retrograde's over going over it. So, um, yeah, take a look at the house. Mine's fourth house. So right now I'm, is it like clockwise? Like how does it, when you're looking at this chart, is it clockwise or counterclockwise? Yeah, you're going clockwise. The only thing that moves counterclockwise is the nodes. Um, Uh. but, and, and when things move retrograde, they move counterclockwise. Um, but the nodes always move uh, counterclockwise. Um, so if you're you're looking at this chart and you're looking for the path that, uh, Chiron is going to be moving. So like you can see, it's like a blue circle around it. And I see like the little key. And Mm -hmm. so, and it's currently like in the sign of Aries. Mm -hmm. So we're going to look, it's going to now until December going to be moving counterclockwise. Correct through Aries. Got it. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Right. It's not leaving the sign of Aries. So, ah, okay. So it's going to stay there. Yep. Yeah. So for me, it's actually, I, I don't know exactly what degrees it's going to be moving, but I am fairly certain it's going to pass over my, um, I see, which I'm not going to say the Latin because I'm terrible at Latin. Um, 
the opposite of my midheaven. Got it. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be passing over that. So for me, I'm dealing with a lot of, um, childhood wounding, um, and sort of like root, like assessing what roots are rotted, so to speak, Mm -hmm. because your IC is the root and your midheaven, your MC is the fruit. So like where you plant, where you harvest, um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be looking at that. It's going to be lots of like childhood stuff and, and healing a lot of that, um, during this retrograde for me. Is your North, your North node is Aries as well. I think we both have Correct. That, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's generational. Yeah. So, uh, or not generational. No, not we, we covered it's, that. We covered it in the astrology episode. I we spoke. <laughs> Let's not explain it. Go back and the re- listen. No, it's okay. The reminder is every couple of years. <laughs> um, we actually, the North Node just moved into um, Gemini for folks. Oh, how exciting. Keeping up with the current transit. So yeah, and that's going to be, so that's, I had said um, that I've got the the sort of like double team of natal um, uh, North Node with Chiron transit and natal Chiron with North node transit. Mm. And if that um, sounds like gibberish to anybody, that's okay. Cause it sounded like gibberish to me. So. As long as, as long <laughs> as I didn't like say the wrong thing. No, no, you said the right thing. I was just kind of okay. like, yep, that's going to go over my head. <laughs> that's okay. We'll walk through it. So, um, yeah. So with, the North Node going past my natal Chiron, it's important to, to look at natal Chiron too. And it, mm. I think it illustrates a lot of the ways that we can think about Chiron in our own charts, both for like this transit of the retrograde and for understanding how to integrate this wounded healer. Um, so for me, if so, we're reading the Placidus system on this podcast, although I'm going to give like a little shout out. I started reading lately um, with the whole house system because Channy Nicholas told me to, <laughs> and I really like it. I'm I was like poo pooing on whole house for a long time, but um, so far it's it's really interesting stuff. Um, and I'll kind of illustrate. Yeah, for the why. newbies, it's just basically two ways of reading the houses. Right, and there are like twenty ways to read the houses. Are so, these like, the two most popular? Uh, uh, no, not really. Um, maybe, I don't know. I don't know about most popular. I will say, so to give you an idea, like of where you've seen this before. So astro.com, their default is Placidus. Um, a lot of people, their default is Placidus. Okay. Uh, so it's probably what most people have been exposed to. I would say so. Okay. I would say so because Placidus is based on where the ascendant is. So the mm. first house line starts there, which makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, but whole house starts your house at the very beginning of that sign. So they, they fill that full 30 degrees and wait, is it? Yeah, 30 degrees. And um, they, so you don't get like, smaller pie slices every pie slice is the exact same size so Ah. you don't have things like interceptions which i haven't fully told you guys about yet and we'll get to eventually so hence whole house exactly okay and so it's a little bit more um straightforward 
as far as that goes. Which, of course, you like. I do. I mean, minimalism, right? Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, just give it to me the way it is. The other thing about it that's really, really helpful for whole house is it doesn't matter where you're born. So if somebody's born above a polar... a polar latitude, uh, Placidus doesn't really work so well. The math doesn't work out. So whole house will work. Um, so, you know, there's a benefit to it that way that it, it, it works no matter where you were born. Um, and, uh, then if for folks who use, um, why am I blanking on the name of that app? Help me. Popular Pattern? strategy. No, oh, that CoStar, thank you. So CoStar uses, um, make sure that I've got the word in front of me and don't butcher it because I will screw it up. I, I love how you were like the astrology app. And I was like, but, but, but I like had all of them at the ready. I know I have all of them. Thank you. Millennial mystics. We're all about the apps. Um, so, <laughs> uh, CoStar uses Porphyry. What the fuck? So it's no, I don't want to know. Don't even okay. tell me. Let's just maybe let's we'll do a breakdown simple. of different house systems in yeah. another episode. So they this use is Porphyry. supposed to be about Chiron. Chiron. I don't use Porphyry. I don't find that it resonates. I just don't. So trying with whole house. Basically, what this does for my chart is it moves my Chiron from the sixth house into the seventh house. Interesting. And for me, like. I'm, I'm playing with these systems and this is why like different astrologers will use different systems because different things will resonate. And it's really just about like finding your truth in it. Um, and because I do find that if Chiron's in my sixth house, that makes sense for me. And if Chiron's in my seventh house, that also makes sense for me. So if we're thinking about wounding and like, guys, this is, this is a heavy conversation. So if you want to skip ahead, that's totally fine. We'll put in the notes that you don't have to listen to this part. But, um, if Chiron, if I look at my life with Chiron in the sixth house, sixth house. So your planet is your who your sign is your how, and your house is where this is showing up for you. Right. So Chiron, the wounded healer, for me, is in Gemini. That's always true. Um, so the how is communication, relating to others, siblings especially, but like your close community, like your your physical community, the people around you. Um, so communication in that. And where, if it's the sixth house, would be health and routine and, and daily activity. And I have a history with terrible health issues and eating disorder that's stemmed from it. So when I was in high school, late high school, I ended up with um, like a terrible cyst on my ovary and I was given the choice of surgery or birth control because Western medicine doesn't really understand hormonal balance and just gives out prescriptions. So I obviously took birth control instead of having surgery because, you know, you're 17 and you don't want to be under a knife. And it ended up like really fucking my hormones up very, very badly. And since then I have had chronic stomach issues and all sorts of other like hormonal things. I deal with adrenaline stuff and cortisol stuff. It's, it's just, it's a whole thing. And so from all of these stomach issues, like my, 
mid twenties, I had a stomach ulcer and like twenties in my twenties. And this is because of this like wild back and forth with like hormones and inflammation and like just bullshit. So yeah. And because nobody taught me how to manage hormones in a healthy way, like all of the stress hormones cause all of these stress related illnesses in my twenties. I was 24, maybe 25 when this happened. And so I got a stomach ulcer and had to heal it. And like what the doctor told me to do to heal it wasn't making me feel better. So I went through this huge journey to find things that actually I felt healed by. And so it was a long journey. It is still a journey that I am currently on because what developed from that was orthorexia. I ended up becoming absolutely obsessed with what was healthy and mm-hmm. I've what had was, that too. Yeah. It's yeah. brutal. Orthorexia is, I mean, like, thankfully it's being talked about more now, but because it's seen as like pursuing health, it's seen as healthy. It's sneaky. It's, it's really very sneaky. sneaky. Yeah. It's very, very sneaky. And so from the orthorexia, I like dove even further into anorexia because it got to the point where I didn't trust any food, everything hurt. And I just stopped eating. And so as far as like the idea of this wounded healer, I have spent now almost 10 years, maybe longer thinking about what is health and what is healthy and how are we thinking about health and how are we challenging these systems to actually treat us better? And so that's major wounded healer energy, right? Yeah. So sixth house, it's great. And like, I'm comfortable talking about it. I talk about what I've experienced with my health issues. And I've found that like through having suffered in this, like I suffered terribly and still to this day, like I, I have over the past week, and this is kind of partially why it's been hard to record. I have had another surge of these stress hormones that I need to balance and it's made me very sick. And so from that, learning how to heal myself helps me heal others. I am comfortable talking about these things and I advocate for it, right? That I I look for other healing systems that complement Western medicine, because that's the thing is that Western medicine helps with emergencies, but it doesn't help with these Mm. daily routines. And you're like literally my go-to person for home remedies. It's like, first I go to Google, then I go to Kaylee. That's it. Like (laughs) literally. I can't wait wait until I get to be put in front of Google because- would be if like um I weren't like googling symptoms at like midnight 1 a.m mm. that's the Fair only enough. reason why google surpasses you yeah right and now. like health things guys I go to bed <laughs> I'm yeah. not a late night person anymore I used to be and yeah like it just it made me sick so um yeah but whole house system throws Chiron into my seventh house. And so as much as all of that sixth house energy resonates for me, seventh house energy also resonates. And like, guys, we're talking about the wounded healer. So this is going to be a difficult conversation too. 
it's okay to skip. But I, alongside all of that health stuff, in my mid-20s, I do not keep track of the dates because I purposefully avoid the anniversary of this. Okay, so Seventh House is partnerships. This is all going to be conversations about relationships. And in my case, it's going to be about romantic relationships. Um, I was with a person in my early 20s, and we kept in contact for several years, but we had... um, we had like broken up and were, you know, entertaining the idea of being back together. He was the first person outside of my family that I had ever told that I loved. And so this was, it was a, a really deep relationship and it was a very meaningful relationship for me. And he had left the country to go you know, study Spanish and um, permaculture and and some other things that he had been planning to do since he was in high school. And while he was there, um, he had diabetes. He wasn't maintaining his diabetes. And he was slipping into a very deep and dark depression. And um, he, we would talk and I was finding myself meeting him there instead of pulling him out. And it wasn't because of like any mistake on his part or my part, but it, it just, it Sometimes was. Sometimes that's just the energy. That's just it is. How, how people relate. And well, yeah. And it wasn't for a lack of trying to pull him out of it. It was just like, I need to talk with you and I'm willing to be in this dark place with you. Hi, I'm Scorpio. Like, you know, like we'll go to this dark place. Like I want you to come to this light place, but if you mm-hmm. have to be here first, I'll sit with you and I'll it. sit with you. Yeah. And, um, unfortunately, uh, so he was supposed to get on, I, I had basically told him like, Hey, this isn't, this isn't getting better. This is clearly getting worse and you need to come home. And if you don't come home, I can't talk to you. And, So he had a plane ticket, um, and he didn't get on the plane. And so I stopped talking to him and he died two weeks later. Um, so, and he died by suicide, (laughs) you know, I don't want to beat around the bush. Um, and I don't want to make you guys like draw conclusions. I want to be very clear about this, right? Um, because Chiron and Gemini, I got to talk about things. And, um, so this was, was because I don't remember the, the anniversary of this. Like I purposely avoid the anniversary of it. It was around the time that I got the stomach ulcer. I can't remember if it was before or after. Well, no fucking wonder. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure that the ulcer came after, but I, I honestly, I don't remember anymore. And um, so so that happened. And how do you feel like when coming to bringing it, th- looking at it through the lens of Chiron, well, the wounded so, healer? 
It's not the only wound in the seventh house Mm -hmm. that I've felt, but looking at it, like taking a break between Mm -hmm. the two um, and looking at it, this is something. So what happened for me after that was a serious um, interrogation of how we talk about mental illness and suicide. And so I have done my own personal sort of advocacy and work around that. I'm writing a novel (laughs) about suicide and I don't want to give any spoilers for that because I'm really excited about it. Um, But Basically, I one of the things that I really talk about um, in general, not just like the novel, but um, it doesn't suicide doesn't affect a specific person. It doesn't have like a box that you check like that's the person that's going to commit suicide. Really, it, it could happen to anybody. And there aren't perfect scenarios that lead to suicide. So suicide prevention is much more complicated. And um, that's been a lot of the healing wound mm. around that. Um, and I mean, after after he died, it was a very serious concern about about me, right? People around me were concerned that I was going to die and not because of anything I did or said, but just because that's what happens when people commit suicide. There are more suicides that follow, you know, it's just, it's a a horrific pattern. And, um, so, you know, having people talk to me about my own suicide that I clearly haven't done, um, did really force me to think about how we talk about these things, right? Like, okay, we know that people, when they lose a loved one from suicide, are more likely to commit suicide. We talk to them differently. Why do we talk to them differently than literally anybody else? Just because we know that they're more likely to commit suicide? Mm. So if we talk to everybody that way, then maybe we just have fewer suicides. Maybe people would process things better. And that's, that's a whole other topic. Like we, we can get into that, but this, but it highlights how that's this personal wound. wound has, has caused you to grow and like see the ways in which you want to change the world around you in a very, um, significant way not only significant but like tangible like i i work with suicide prevention advocacy like this is this is there is never a day in my life where it's not touched by that moment Mm. and so thank you for sharing that story by the way because i know that that's not easy but it's such a it's um a really important example because it it it's I mean it's extreme of course but like it go, yeah. it really shows that 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 um that wounded healer energy and like that's not easy to recount any kind of experience like that. So I and I have made a point and maybe it's because of the Chiron and Gemini that like as soon as I understood what happened right because there's a period of time where you're like 
the world is out from under you. And like one of the things that I, that I have that's um, sort of like a legacy of this is dissociation, right? That if I like have something that triggers this memory of suicide, I no longer know where I am <laughs> and like I'm there. And in that moment, when it happened, I had no idea where I was. I had no idea what year it was. I had no idea. Like, I didn't know anything. I just, just like, go blank. Yeah. Yeah. And all I could do was make the space to accept that it happened and nothing else mattered. And so once I moved past that, as soon as I moved past that, as soon as I was like, okay, my name is Kaylee. I live in Massachusetts. It's this year. Like, as soon as I had all of that back, I'm like, I will talk about this. I will never not have mm. his name in my mouth. Like, I will always talk about him. And so, you know, Chiron and Gemini, it's you're healed through words. And so, yeah, it's important for me to talk about it. I, I don't shy away from it. It's difficult. It's difficult for people to hear. It's difficult for people to talk about. And it's important to recognize that difficulty because we have to talk about it. Yeah. So what was your second wound? Jeez. Yeah. So, so that happened in my, my mid twenties in my late twenties, I had like, <laughs> I had found this sort of new independence. I had moved away from home. I had moved out of state. I had moved for a job. I didn't know anybody there. And like all of my Sagittarius energy showed up in that moment. Like I was like, it's adventure time. I'm going on an adventure. And so I started the adventure started off rocky right off the bat. I moved in with this like insane creep of a person and like it just it was it was not a, a safe situation. I had to move out right away. It like yeah, it was it was bad. But um in my first couple of weeks there, I had met somebody that I started dating. And um I really liked him. He was one of the first people that I had met and, um, we had like lots of fun. He was a Sagittarius. So like plenty oh, of fun Sagittarius with adventures. love. Yeah. Between two Sagittarians. Oh, it's, I mean, it's just like, you know, those are the kinds of first dates that last for multiple days, right? Like you get two Sagittarians involved and it's just like, you know, that they're more, they're more likely to date their same sign than any other sign. I'm yeah. not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like, Sagittarian energy just fed into each other, and we had a lot of fun. And I was going through this, like, really terrible thing with this this roommate that I had. So I was grateful for any excuse to go have fun, right? And for me, I'm like, I'm on an adventure. So, like, you know, I don't know taking anything seriously. And... um he took it considerably more seriously. So he was much older than me. And, um, for a while I had a pattern of dating much older people. And, um, 
You're an old soul, so I can kind of see. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And I mean, for for certain people that I had dated, that was a, a great thing for both of us. In this particular case, it it was something a little bit more insidious. So mm. um, after some time, it became clear that he was sort of inserting himself into every part of my life that he like he solved moving me out he solved you know I I don't Mm. even like he he just found ways to insert himself in everything and and like in when you're in that moment you're like oh what a, what a great dude. No, just, no, you didn't. No, no. I like, it was, were me. you aware of it? Like right away? Cause I feel yeah. like it's so easy to romanticize that with like the white knight kind of energy. It is. And I will say that like, for me it's, and maybe it's this like Chiron wounded healer thing. Like I recognized wounds being Mm. made and so like I remember there was one particular instance this was probably three weeks into us seeing each other so very early um it could have even been the second week I it it was that early that I was in his my codependent heart is a flutter (laughs) keep going I'm kidding. I'm, I'm in remission now. <laughs> I'm in recovery. <laughs> so I'm in the kitchen and I'm cutting up some sort of vegetable. I'm cooking something and like, I'm in heaven. It's early summer. I think it was maybe like late May, early June at this point. Like it, I, there were birds singing cause it's Connecticut and beautiful. And like I'm cooking and it smells delicious. And he's in the other room, um, playing guitar oh and God, so heavenly. singing. And yeah, it was just, it was wonderful. And so I just was like, so grateful for the moment. I stopped what I was doing and I pressed record on my phone. I just wanted to hear the birds and the guitar and like visit it when I wanted to. And 15 seconds into me recording it, he's like, what are you doing? And so I said, what do you mean? And he's like, are you texting someone? No. What do you mean? Am I texting someone? It's like, who are you talking to? And that that moment, I was like, ooh, mm mm, no, I'm not. I wasn't even texting anyone. I can't even just enjoy this moment and record it. Like, yeah, maybe I should have told you I was recording, but I didn't want to make you self conscious, right? Yeah. And like, you know, so uh, immediately I was like, okay, this is weird. Like, who? Why do you care who I'm texting? We've only been dating for a couple of weeks. Like, you know, and like, I could be texting my mother. It's not your fucking business. And and I have been dating for like three and a half years and, um, I still don't give a shit who he's texting. I'm a a liar. I'm nosy. I'm nosy. I always (laughs) want to know. What are you doing? Who are you texting? Better not, especially after this story. So, um, so that was the start of it. And like, I didn't stop dating him. I was just like making mental notes. Well, I made a mental note and I also said, don't do that shit. Right. Like, yeah, I'm a Scorpio. Like, you, yeah, you know, my, my Mercury is in Scorpio. I'm telling you when I don't mm-hmm. like something mm-hmm. and especially if it's emotional, 
Like, we're not fucking with that shit. I'm not doing it. And so, yeah, I told him. And about two months into us dating, he um, called me at work to make sure I was at work. And not too long after that, told me I was spending too much money on gas to visit my parents. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. And then about a month after all of that, hit me. And so, um, yeah, so three months in, I'm like, nope, okay, that was it. We're done. Like, I gave you the warning when you started accusing me yeah. of cheating. Like, we're, we're done here. And so, I mean, everything from start to finish was textbook um, yeah. domestic abuse. Like, it just was. And Cutting off the ties, trying to make you dependent on him. Yep. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Textbook. And, like... For me, it was a really important lesson and I I still have wounds from it. Like it's, you know, it was only three months, but it's still, when you're in that kind of situation, it's scary. Like he, even a year after that was like trying to find me because I had, I had moved, like I had completely left the state. I had moved back into the Boston area and had done everything I could to like, you know, lose that trail. Mm -hmm. And he was still trying to find me. Um, yeah, even a year later and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's scary. It's eye opening. It can happen to anybody. It doesn't matter if you know what to look for, it can still happen. And, you know, that, that was another wound that like now I, I deal with, um, a wound around trust, obviously. And, um, it's hard for me to tell someone what I'm doing without questioning their motives as to why they want to know. Um, I, yeah, I just, it's, it's, it's been harder to open up. And so like this one, two punch in my twenties of these like really intense, relationships point to, you know, some wounded healer there too. I definitely find that because of these experiences, I am, you know, a trusted confidant for my friends when it comes to their relationships. And I have all of the patience and capacity to hear and talk with people about Mm. what they're going through. And so, and again, these are things I advocate for regularly and, um, yeah. So I don't know, Placidus versus whole house. It's a, sounds like you have a lot, but it's just as good for both of them for you. It is like, yeah, yeah it's just it's, as you resonates. Yeah. It resonates and at the end of the day, astrology, whatever the, whatever the fuck we're into, if it makes us self-aware, if it helps us learn, if it helps us grow, then that's, then that's a good thing. So it's honestly like the house system doesn't matter because the lessons are there no matter what. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For me, um, Chiron is in my first house, which makes a lot of sense because I have a lot of childhood wounds. Um, and a lot of my stuff I've always like, I've, always, always, always worried. I've been pre, I won't say worried. I'm always preoccupied with my identity, my legacy, who I am, 
you know, all of that stuff I've always been very focused on. And that's something that's has seemed to, it's very mercurial. It's changed a lot over time, which makes sense because, you know, my, I have Gemini rising. Mm. So it's changed a lot over time. I've spent most of my life on my Pluto line. So like transformation and reinvention and rebirth has been like a theme of my entire life. And yeah, I can, I mean, I feel a lot of that energy right now. Um, it's been percolating for the past few weeks. Um, just like really starting to realize, um, seeing how things connect from like childhood wounds to, to things that affect me now. Mm. Um, a really powerful realization that I had, and I posted about this on Instagram was about like the connection between like my fear of people judging my body and my worthiness. And it came from this place of like, you know, when I was, um, like when I started school, I'm the oldest of four kids and like we're the last two are like more spread out than me and my sister. And so for me, it was like, my sister was the only child I was around until I went to kindergarten. Like I didn't really have, I didn't go to preschool. I didn't have a lot of, I didn't, I'm the first in an entire generation of cousins. So I didn't have anyone. I was always with adults. And then add on top of that, like my little psychic baby old soul energy. And like, I didn't know how to relate to children. So Mm -hmm. like, I found it difficult to make friends at school because except for me, except for you. Well, this is, you know, you were a few couple years after this, this is like kindergarten. I was like struggling. Like I, 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 I fell and like, I will, I'll never forget it. I can't remember who was kindergarten or first grade, but some girl invited everyone in the class to her birthday party, except me. And yeah. And it was one of those things where like, I, I was, I was so self-assured in my personality. Like I liked who I was. Yeah. So I looked at my classmates and I was like, well, what's the only difference between them and me? Well, they're like these little, like novelty need kind of, um, lanky kids. And, you know, I, I'm like a plush little baby. So Mm. it must be how I look. That was like how I internalized it when it's really, I didn't know how to relate to kids. I was like way too mature for kids my age. I was so used to hanging out with adults. I spoke in full sentences very early. I had a really expanded vocabulary. I was very like, I would share my opinion very freely and that's like off-putting for children. So, So that, and then I realized that like, you know, then as like throughout my 20s, in my career going to events where I felt like less than not, Mm. not because I was less worthy, but maybe I was a student or maybe I was the youngest person there, or I was worried that I didn't have enough experience or I wasn't qualified or I, you know, didn't deserve to be there for whatever reason. And what would happen at these events without fail, there was always like some pervy dude or several pervy dudes who would fixate on me and make me feel uncomfortable for another reason, you know, and Mm. again, my body, but now in an, in an objectified way. Yeah. And so it recently occurred to me that I've been keeping myself out of circles that would challenge me and that would cause me to grow because I feel like, cause I've, I've basically been looping under this feeling that like, if I don't, if I feel unworthy or undeserving, 
then I already assume I'm going to either be rejected or objectified for my body. So I just don't go into those rooms altogether. Mm. So it's like, and, you know, using rooms metaphorically, it's like I haven't taken my career in certain places. I've held myself back from taking actions or opportunities because I have this underlying fear of being rejected for my body. And it's taken like me really seeing that and being like, that's not like my worthiness and my identity. Like I'm not a body. I'm also like not my personality. I am an amalgamation of all these different aspects and qualities and experiences. So identity has definitely been heavily on my mind lately. And I can definitely see like I'm doing a lot of like that, you know, healing those childhood wounds. And that's also the shit I also like, obviously identify my clients all the time is like the mindset stuff. I'm always like, oh, it all comes from childhood. I know it does. And I'm able to like zero in on it because I've lived it and I know what it feels like. And I know the signs and how it manifests, like, you know, in the ways that you like keep yourself small. Right. So that's the way you've used these experiences to heal others. Oh, absolutely. Like I, I'm a huge proponent of like, you know, I, I have all like give people all the resources all the time for any kind of like emotional abuse, physical abuse, like growing up with that or around it, exposed to it, whatever it is, you know, that I always know what people need to hear, what resources they need to read on that kind of stuff. I always know how it, how it's affecting us now. And, you know, all the stuff with, um, like I say the personal will block. I mean, I'm a mindset and business coach. The personal will block your business stuff all the time because it's exactly Mm -hmm. like what I just said, where when you have these personal blocks, you keep yourself back from stepping into your whole self. And so it's easy for me to identify it in other people because I've had to work so fucking hard to see it in myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's Chiron first house energy for sure. Yeah. And do you, so, um, is Chiron in Gemini for you too? It looks like, it looks like it is. There you go. Communication. Healing through words. words. And another thing about Chiron and Gemini, um, and a lot of people who are going to be our age and like, if you're a millennial listening to millennial mystics, you probably are, um, that when you have Chiron in, um, Gemini, you are more apt to, um, feeling self-conscious and feeling less than particularly in your intelligence and your words. Um, which I mean, like for, female identifying people. Um, it's, it's, Oh, that's just a huge societal wound right there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's going to come up especially easy. Um, but it's not the only way that that shows up. It just, you know, um, yeah. Cairo and Gemini. I feel healing that man. through communication, healing it, through our it's words. It's interesting that that would be like a lot of millennials would have that because millennials are always accused of being really self-centered and always talking about themselves. Mm. But that's our way of saying, like, "Hey, this is how yeah. I was hurt. Let's not do that anymore." <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm just now seeing that connection. That's huge. Yep. That is like wounded, wounded healer energy for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. There was something else that I was going to say about that. What was I going to say? You don't know it. 
millennials, millennials and like Gemini and communicating, making it all about us, but people are, but we're actually just using it to talk about our experiences and get healing, maybe change the world around us. Yeah. I don't remember. It, oh, if well. it's important, it'll come back. That's true. That's always true. Um, for manifestation, for conversation, all yeah. of it. I love that. That's, I mean, that's so fascinating. So you can see now, like if you're looking at your own chart, mm-hmm. looking at like where Chiron is, Chiron is Chiron or Chiron, sli- Chiron, um, where, like which pie slice it's in is going to tell you where the wounds have been in your life that allow you to heal those around you. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's the stuff that's going to be coming up through the rest yeah. of the year basically till December 15th. And so when it's in retrograde, like it is now, long story long, it's going to affect the house that the transit's in. So like right now it's in my fourth house, even though I was born with it in my sixth house. Mm. Um, And it's, so it's going to make me think about that fourth house, childhood, mother related energy, um, but also still through the filter of my natal Chiron, right? Mm. Um, like it's, it's integrating both. It's saying like, this is a time of integration. Um, it's a time to take a step back and retrogrades are always that right. That you're taking a step back, you're slowing down, you're learning your lessons, you're journaling, you know, like you're doing your meditations, you're talking to your therapist, retrogrades are big time, that energy, dig it up, smooth it out. Do it again. Yeah. You know? It's an opportunity, just like anything yeah. else. Yeah. Mine, um, so it's my 11th house is where it is right now. Oh, interesting. So that's, and that's fascinating because I've naturally been turning my eyes to like a world stage where I've been mm. like, I've been, and I've been feeling this energy of like, I'm going to be in front of a lot of people soon. And I'm thinking about like, what do I do? And it's impact in the world and the impact I want to have on it. And how do I want to change it for the better? you know, all of this stuff. And it's like, I've been feeling this, like it's, I feel like I'm about to like pop off and it's, and it's fascinating. And I love seeing, and I, you know, that's a topic I love to talk about is just like, you know, thinking about, thinking about like childhood wounds and like how that affects the world. Like I think all the time about how, like, if we all, if we all were to decide that like all of us collectively in unison were to decide that oppression was bullshit, oh, we'd rise up in revolution. Mm-hmm. Like we would, but there's, we all have our own conditioning, our own hangups, all of that energy going on that keeps us from like uniting. And I think we're seeing a lot more of that now, which is good, but it's still fractured, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm always thinking about that stuff. Well, the other thing that I noticed with this too, and like the reason that we're talking about this in this specific episode is with this new moon, right? Because Oh, right. And so, you know, like we're talking about all the societal stuff and we've gone through it in past episodes. Like Mm -hmm. the Saturn retrograde is pulling up a lot of this. Like Saturn Mm -hmm. right now is impacting a lot of what we understand about these systems. And Saturn can be very oppressive energy and it's because of its retrograde back in its home side of Capricorn. And so this Cancer new moon, because the new moon is conjunct with the sun, it means that... What does conjunct mean real quick? Conjunct means they're at like the same degree. Oh, If you expand, like that's like the 
quick and dirty answer. The expanded answer is that they're within a certain number of degrees of each other, but I'm not going to bore you like, with that. Describe like the relationship. What does that mean? Like con- con- It means, so think about, it depends on which planets are doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, because some, it's it's basically like sitting with a sibling in the back seat. Some siblings get along uh-huh. great. <laughs> some sitting siblings get along great. Other siblings start punching each other. Uh, it was, I knew you would have such a money analogy for this, and that's so perfect. That's conjunction. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So, um, yeah, so the sun and the moon are conjunct. And because they're luminaries, it's a little bit more complicated. They're like older siblings, basically. Mm. And so, like, they may have differences, but they work it out. Mm. Um, but that doesn't matter as much. They also do it every month, so they're, like, used to it. They're like, we've, we've been sitting in the backseat together a long time. It doesn't matter yeah. if you hit me 10 years ago, whatever. Um, you know, so it it's more important that, so they're sitting right next to each other, and they're directly opposite. They're in opposition with Saturn, in mm. Capricorn. So the sun- And opposition's like tug of war, basically. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. It's also, you can also see it like as far as analogies go as the neighbor across the street and you're shouting at each other through the window. You can't really hear each other, but you know, like, you know, you that know the they're talking are- shit. Or you know that your neighbor's a good dude. And, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it, but it could be either. It could be yeah. either. Right. So, um, yeah, so depending on which ones are across from each other, like if you lived across the street from me, I'd be like, she doesn't hear me. That's okay. I'll tell her later. You know, mm-hmm. but if it was whoever that like I don't trust or, you know, Donald like, Trump, I, we don't say the name. <laughs> Just say 45. Do not 45. Do not say the name. Okay. <laughs> I, I like, I, I, it makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit. Like we'd be getting either way. We'd be getting those guns that they use for T-shirts, and we'd be shooting bags of dog poop across the street at him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure do you would. like that visual? I do. I, yeah. really, I think you all heard me. <laughs> like, like just, take it in. Yes. <laughs> you were like, "Yeah, that yes. would be awesome. That, that would be beautiful." <laughs> oh, the poop pollock i would make us along the side of that house mm. Anyway, mm. um so saturn in capricorn in its home sign moon in cancer in its home sign direct opposition oh. and so and it's it happened last year it happened mm-hmm. last year with the um last cancer new moon i think Maybe not. I can't remember. Exactly I think so. Happened. I think it was around the same time. I mean, like it, it, they definitely had an opposition, whether or not it yeah. was the new moon, it doesn't matter. But, um, right now, because new moons are all about turning inward, releasing stuff. And, you know, the sun is backing up the moon on this with all of that beautiful, sweet cancer emotion and like no filter like there's no pretense to the cancer sharing of emotion because they share their emotions so that you're comfortable sharing yours and like you know it's just this beautiful give and and receive and directly across the road is saturn building his fence and like you know it's it's really pushing us through our feelings on boundaries, but 
the beauty of it and what we should be doing with this. Same with the Chiron retrograde, which is why we're talking about both because this Chiron retrograde sort of extends this energy for us for another few months is that we are being called to take a look at our emotions, take a look at our wounds, really assess them, feel comfortable in them, feel comfortable sharing them, and also feel comfortable building boundaries because Mm. we're learning, right? We're learning about our wounds. We're learning about communication. We're learning about healing. And we are, are, we have the opportunity to make healthy boundaries from this. And that's the healthy side of of Saturn, right? We do need certain structure. Um, And so, yeah, that's, that's what we're being called to do right now. And you're going to be supported in finding these boundaries and really naming them and holding them while Chiron is in retrograde. And once that retrograde is finished, we're all going to move forward with this new sense of security that we've built for ourselves that we support in others. It's going to be great. I love that. Yeah, And like, you know, it's, I don't believe in necessary suffering. Yeah. But I I was like the visual I got like a few years ago. Um, and it was, um, was it the day before Thanksgiving? It was, um, I accidentally stabbed a paring knife through a pumpkin and into my hand. Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, it was into the webbing between my four, my forefinger and my thumb. What? Yeah. I don't know how I was so lucky. I hit nothing. It was just like, just, just skin. That was it basically. But when I went in there, went into the ER, which I was their very first Thanksgiving related accident. They were like, it's begun. Here she is. Um, <laughs> They had to squeeze saline solution into the wound for like to clear it out because I mean, it had been bleeding. And it was one of those things where that hurt more than anything else was just them really cleaning, like disinfecting it mm. was the worst part. Mm-hmm. And they had to do it until the water ran clear. And it was so painful. It was so, so fucking painful, but it was like part of the process you know, cause it was like the process was clean it out, stitch it, like numb it, stitch it up, bandage it. And like all of that was necessary for me to move forward with like a fucking lesson I will never forget, <laughs> um, which is like, don't be lazy with your pump when you're opening up a pumpkin and put it the round side down on the counter. Always put the don't flat side. Don't be lazy side. with your pumpkins, guys. Don't be don't lazy be- with your pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> so all I'm saying is that it's kind of similar. That's the to name that. of the show, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like, that's kind of the energy here of like, you have to go through this necessary difficult process to clean out the wound because it like, if you don't, it can get affected. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if it gets infected, you're going to have to clean it later. And don't worry, the planets are going to give you another opportunity to do it. They always do. But like now is your opportunity to really not now. (laughs) And like we're all doing it. So we're all helping each other just ask questions and talk about what you're going through and, you know, find the people that you can trust with it because they're out there. And yeah, yeah, there's there's the opportunity right now. We're all doing it. So tell us about like the bad day 
of July 30th, because you were telling me before this episode, you were talking about it and you were like, oof, that looks yeah, like it's going to be a rough day. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. So I will say that the conversation started because one of my least favorite transits is when Mercury squares Mars and it happens pretty frequently. It happens like a lot during the year, but every time it happens, I'm like, oh God, don't talk to anybody. Just keep your eyes down. Um, because this is what I found when I like actually started studying this stuff and paying attention every day was that every time that, um, Mars was, or Mercury was squaring Mars when they were squaring each other, that was the day that my fuse was the shortest and it seemed like everybody I came across was really fucking trying me. And (laughs) like, just to illustrate, I got into a physical altercation on public transportation. Fisticuffs. Yes. And like to the point where like, like the MBTA was called, like the MBTA police were called and like, I didn't even call them. Like it was like a whole thing. And, um, yeah, I was just ridiculous. Mm. Um, I don't even want to get into that story, but Uh, It was a fight that didn't need to happen, and everybody was escalated for absolutely no reason. And um, that seems to always happen. When I that was before I started paying attention. When I started paying attention, I realized one day I was getting onto public transportation, and I was like, "These motherfuckers today!" And I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, go take a look at the transits." And lo and behold. <laughs> Mars was squaring with Mercury. Public transportation and, is a special sort of yeah, sure is. So, on, wait, can I ask you a quick question though? Of course. Um, so now we know. So we know that um, what conjunct is, and we know what opposition is. So, what's a square? So a square is um, ninety degrees. Yeah. So, so what's that relationship like then? Awful. Not good. <laughs> it's not good. There are, there are like no good conversations happening between, um, So it's just like a planets. fucking cage fight. It depends on which ones. Like some of them, okay. it's just like, you suck. Right. And then okay. some of them are right. like, I will kill you. Right. Gotcha. Um, so yeah. And Mercury and Mars, it's just like Mercury is over by the bar talking a bunch of shit. And Mars is like being held back by, his mm. friends and like it's just like so it's just confrontation then basically super confrontational okay. super super confrontational and like words and then leading to like potential physical violence it gotcha. always starts with words and then it like could potentially lead to physical violence gotcha. um like i've had people who have gotten into escalated car accidents um that like just a simple fender bender, suddenly the police are called. And it always happens on wow. where Mercury and Mars are squaring. <laughs> it's exhausting. But it happens a lot. Like, it, it happens very frequently during the year. Um, so it's worth paying attention to. Like, you might get one a month, right? But mm-hmm. July, we have it for an entire week. Wow. That's a special one. July 23rd until July 30th. And the 30th has a lot going on. Like the 30th is just a huge fucking day. And it's so funny. So I use the magic of eye planner just to keep my shit organized. 
and um, they have the transits listed out for each day. And so like, I also use it to like prepare for these episodes to let people know like, Hey, what's going on so that I don't have to do the hard work of figuring out what they are. (laughs) And uh, I looked at the 30th and I'm like, fuck. (laughs) So you've got the Mar or you've got um, that Mars and Mercury square. You have the sun squaring Uranus. So the sun is all about like self and all of that. And Uranus is all about rebellion. So take from that what you will. Then you've got the moon in opposition with Venus. And then you've got the moon squaring Neptune. And you've got Mercury in opposition with Jupiter. I mean, like the list goes on. I There's there's like at least five more of these that I could go mm. through. Oh my God, yeah. So it's just a busy day. The, the thing to take note, without bogging you guys down, July 30th, just go with the fucking flow. And it's funny, Magic of Eye like lists that specific thing on that day. They give recommendations for energy for each day. And it just says, go with the flow. Like, (laughs) just do it. Like, keep your head down, worry about your own shit. Like, you know, and be kind to yourself. Definitely get yourself a nice meal that day. Make sure you're eating and drinking your water. It's going to be hot. Like, just do your own shit. Pay attention to you. Don't worry about other people, especially if they start coming into your bubble. Just make sure you just like get away. And, mm-hmm. you know, thankfully with quarantine, it's probably not likely that you're going to come across too, too many people. Just make sure that the people that you're living with, that you're giving them some grace because you're going to need some grace too. Like, whew. oh God, it's <laughs> going to be a day. Gonna be, it's going to be a day and it's going to be building up because the whole week before it, mm that Mars and Mercury Has that energy. Square. Exactly. So like, it's just going to be a buildup. So just the 30th, take it easy and, you know, be cool. Roll with the punches. Seriously. Don't throw um, punches. Roll please with don't. the punches. Please don't throw punches, guys, unless you're punching cops and Nazis. <laughs> I was going to say, what about Nazis? We always punch Nazis. We always punch Nazis. But right now I'm I'm considerably more concerned about all of these Department of Homeland Security people in all of these cities. Mm. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, anything um, else, or is that basically the lowdown? Uh, no, there's definitely more. So that's like oh. that's just next week. So we have more weeks than that. Um, I mean, but the rest of it, like that's the main like big thing. Mm-hmm. After that, we've got um, there is some opposition still like lingering the next day. So the 31st is is going to like it's going to be easier but you're going to be dealing with you know the leftover rubble of anything that does fall out on the 30th Mm -hmm. um and then after that uh got lots of reflection for the weekend after it um with the planets and then we've got the full moon on the third so, you know, shining light on stuff, it's going to, that whole week leading up to that full moon is going to give us the opportunity to really think about like, what are we harvesting and what has rotted, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that full moon is going to be in Aquarius. So, um, definitely plenty of, you know, rebellious energy, um, but really looking to shake things up and do things differently is, is the more important takeaway. Um, 
So, yep, full moon. And then after that, um, Venus is moving into Cancer on um, the 7th. And so that's going to, with all of this Cancerian, like, big emotions and with the Chiron retrograde, all of this healing that we're trying to do, having... Venus move into cancer is going to, it's just going to feel like a lot. Um, just know that like we're going through it. It's part of the healing. It may hurt or it may make the world around you feel finally a little bit sweeter. It may be actually a little bit of relief. It could be either. It depends on like what it's playing with in your chart. Um, but just, Venus moving into cancer on the seventh is, is going to feel like a, like a lot of energy. Um, after that, let's see, we've got third quarter on the 11th, which is actually, that's going to be a really, um, interesting day because the moon will be sextile with Neptune. And Oh God, what does sextile mean now? (laughs) I don't remember the specific degrees for sextile right now. Um, hold on. Let me cheat. What's the relationship though? Oh, it's good. So sextile is a, is a, um, sexy. I guess. Yeah. Um, it's more like it's supportive, uh, six degrees. It's six degrees apart, 60 degrees apart. Got it. So, um, yeah, it's a beneficial one. And, um, so when planets are sextile, they're like supporting each other. So the, the positive, um, aspects for astrology are trine and sextile, um, and conjunction can be depends Um, and then the difficult ones are opposition and squaring. Mm. Um, yeah. Conjunct is kind of in the middle. Did did you just hear my burp? No, I didn't. Oh, thank God. Okay. I forgot to mute myself. Keep going. (laughs) Leave it in hope. (laughs) Leave that one in. (laughs) So, um, Yeah. So the moon sextile with Neptune is an interesting conversation between, um, planetary bodies because the moon is like it's emotions, but it's also, it's like ruling of nighttime. And, um, with Neptune, it's all about dreams. And so it's, it's a boon in psychic energy. So if you are interested in sort of any sort of divination or, um, you know, spirit communication, things like that. When you see the moon in like a a positive aspect with Neptune, that's a good opportunity to do that kind of work. Um, and since it's going to be third quarter, it's going to be good for doing some, um, releasing. So anything that you found all of these, you know, wounds that we're healing, anything that you want to release, that's going to be a really good day to do it. Um, you know, make an offering and say, you know, I've, I've learned from this and thank you for the lesson and I'm ready to move on. Um, that's going to be a particularly good day to do that. Um, let's see anything else that I can give you guys. That's nice and juicy for that. Mm-hmm. 
Ah, the 16th is going to be another interesting day. It's um, a couple of days before the new moon on the 18th. And we'll give you the rundown of what that new moon is when uh, we do that episode. But a couple of days before it, it's definitely worth noting that um, the moon is going to be back in opposition with Saturn. Um, and Saturn is going to be closer to Pluto. So we're dealing with more of that Cancer Capricorn axis energy. Um, so it's going to be a good go with the flow sort of day and also um, more supportive energy for releasing. Um, particularly if you're finding that the boundaries that you're maintaining mean that certain people don't get access to you anymore. That's a really good day to, to turn inward and, and, um, support yourself for that. So right. August 16th. Lots of good stuff. Lots of good info here. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of busy, busy days. Yeah. And we're all going through it guys. So, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to ask for help in it. Yeah. We'll definitely post like based on today's topic, some hotlines for stuff just because those are always good to have on hand, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So you want to pull some cards? I sure do. I got to shuffle a bit. So you go first. Go ahead because I shuffled already. Oh, oh, I'm going to love this. So I'm using my celestial. I said, I'm going to love this. I meant you're going to love this. I just have just like, you know, merging us into one person now. I mean, Um, yeah, that's basically how it is, right? (laughs) I'm loving this spread. And now I see, so I've been like sitting here. I don't know why my deck has been like pulsating. It felt like this whole time. And now I see why we got some really juicy stuff. So first we have the four of pentacles and in this deck, I'm using celestial tarot and the four of pentacles um, is the constellation of Orion the hunter. So I really like that. I love that for the four of pentacles. Um, so basically like Orion is like, you've probably seen it in the sky. It's like three star. If you can see stars where you are, I can't right now, but you know, whatever. So it's like three dots across. And then there's like, you know, two at the top, two at the bottom. So it's kind of like a rectangle, but basically, um, the four of pentacles, you know, it's kind of, um, it's kind of like fear energy, you know, it's like scarcity, that need for control. It's, um, this like kind of restriction, like self-imposed restriction and suffocating kind of energy. And I feel like that's a lot of where we've been is that feeling of like, trying to control what's around us, feeling all of this pressure, putting a lot of, a lot of weight, unnecessary weight on our shoulders, just like really being weighed down. So that's perfect for like that Chiron energy of like, we got to clean out the wound and heal it now. That's like what it's about. And then in the second placement I have here, we have the moon inverted and the moon is represented by Pisces. And so I see that as like, this is more for me, what this says is that the moon is not about like escaping through fantasy. It's more about using your imagination to see how things can be better and how we can improve them and not, and like really feeling your emotions as well. That's like what it says to me, because that's how I relate with Pisces being a Pisces myself. Um, yeah. And I don't think it's one of those things where it's like escaping through fantasy 
a warning, even though it is inverted. I think it's more about like exploring, exploring the fantasy of what we can have once these wounds are cleaned. Um, and then finally we have the three of wands represented by Perseus, which I love. I just think this is so cool. So the three of wands, that's like, um, you know, it's like, kind of businessman energy and also like international travel energy. It's like going overseas and stuff. So I see that as like, once we unblock, once we clean out these wounds, once we really like, you know, do the, do the heavy lifting that we need to be doing, the world is our oyster. Like nothing can hold us back and it's only opportunity ahead. It's really taking these wounds and turning them into strengths. You got a smile on your face. You're loving this. Well, it's also funny because like I, I just finished shuffling and pulled my cards and this deck. On point? Are you using Pagan Other Worlds? I sure am. Yeah. I am. It's been it's been giving me some really serious readings this week. I've I, I have I've, to show you the Pisces card, by the way. It's so yeah. pretty. The moon. So oh gorgeous. wow yeah. with it's like mermaids? two mermaids yeah oh god i love it oh it's so good i like that deck i might get that mm. deck um once you start you can't stop tarot decks no. are like <laughs> tattoos you get one and you may only have one for the rest of your life and you're like that was a thing or you're like the rest of us and you're like i can't <laughs> stop <laughs> need all of them yep every time you see one you got to get a new one um so uh yeah, so I pulled some cards. So one thing that's been happening with this deck, I find, is that um, when I, like, so I shuffle it in a particular way, and when I cut it to start shuffling, um, occasionally what's on the bottom will catch my eye. Hmm. And twice this week now, it's been a card that's come up in the read. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Is this one of those times? This is one of those times. So the card that I saw while I was shuffling and like when I saw it, it caught my eye. I was like, oh, you're going to show up, aren't you? Uh, is the Ace of Cups. Ooh. So, um, yeah, definitely looking at that newness of um, what your cup can hold, having um, to echo the imagination of it, to really, um, think about new ways that we can use this cup to hold our emotions and have room for others, like big cancer energy for sure. Um, and all about starting fresh, right. And having this nice, beautiful, clean, big cup that can hold more than you can possibly imagine. Um, yeah. So I had seen that while I was cutting to shuffle and here it is the first card that came up. And I love the the depiction of the um Ace of Cups in the Pagan Otherworld. You've got a dove with an olive branch and a fountain pouring out of the cup. I love um, that. and it's pouring into a lake below it. It's balanced on a lily pad. It's just yeah, it's it's a really, really beautiful image. It's, it's super rich imagery for what yes. that card represents. For sure, for sure. It's just yeah, I mean, especially with that olive branch, right? Um yeah, I love it. So after that is the nine of swords. 
which is all I know, I know it's all about, um, you know, the shackles holding us Mm. and what is ours and what isn't and what we're accepting and what we need to break free from. And also like what's in our head and what's real versus what's real. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And this is another card that with the pagan other worlds is like just rich with imagery because they show a swan, um, chained by the neck with a golden chain. Um, and it just disappears down into the water. So is it bound? Is it not right? It's just, yeah. So super rich with that too. Um, and then the last card that I pulled is the fool reversed. So starting new journeys, but making sure a world anew for sure. And for me, I'm seeing this as like a little bit of, um, almost like a caution. I try, usually when I see reverse, I take it more as like internal energy, but in this one, I'm seeing it more as like, don't burn every bridge, (laughs) right? Like have a plan for where you're going. Don't just run out the front door and forget your pack and your loyal sidekick, you know, otherwise you'll be lonely and hungry. Right. Um, so yeah, definitely more of like a caution to not be impulsive and to see this through because this is a long journey that healing isn't, done when you get the, um, when you get stitches, you have to have the stitches in for a while and then get them taken out. Like it's not, you're not done. Um, just because you don't see the blood anymore. Um, so yeah, don't be impulsive. Don't be rash. Don't be foolish. Just, you know, see it. And also like, it's that energy of like, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So keep an open mind. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like that's the, for me, the fool is such a positive card and it's always a positive card. Like I'm not taking this as like something like you better do your thing. It's more to me that it's, we're, we're going to start a new journey and we're being called to expand on so much of what we know and what we feel and how we know and how we feel. And that it's it's crucial that we do this in the time that we need and that the fool's journey is not a short journey um and so don't you know just expect to do this for as long as you need to perfect yeah you couldn't say it It, there's no better way to say it thanks yeah of course (laughs) well that's all i've got anything else I think that that that's plenty. That's plenty. That is plenty. <laughs> well, stay tuned. We're going to have another episode soon. We're going to we're back on our shit. We're back yes. on it and so we'll be more reliable. If you want to connect with us, talk about any of these topics, ask us questions. Like we only covered a few houses today, but like if you're struggling to figure out like how does this affect me and like here's what, you know, uh, Chiron is in, in my chart. And I don't really know what that means. Come find us. Like we're, we don't bite oh. often. Um, unless you ask. <laughs> Got to pay extra for that one. Mm. Um, so you can come find us on Instagram, 
That's Millennial Mystics. We've got a Facebook group where you can come ask us questions. And that's our page is Millennial Mystics. And you can find our group that way. And we're on Twitter. All, we're on all the places. Yep. We're everywhere. So sure come are. find us. And like you can go to our website, millennialmysticspodcast.com and go comment directly on this episode if you have questions and we can help you there too. Yes, please, so, please, please. Yeah. Or email us if you're shy. If you're shy, you want to email us, it's witchplease at millennialmysticspodcast.com. So please subscribe, rate, review, and share with your friends because yeah. that's how we get into more earballs, as I like to say. Earballs? Yeah, instead of eyeballs. <laughs> so that's a thing. I'm making it a thing. I like it. Keep it. Yay. It's a thing. All right. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good yes. one. Bye, guys. Special thanks to Jack Da Silva for our dope ass intro music, Lindsay Allman for our transcendent logo and cover art, and Hope Clinton for her superb audio editing. Tune in every Friday for the latest episode, and don't forget to rate and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts.